Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're gonna cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. Sober Exposure. I've missed you guys so. It's Jen Wild. We're back. We are back with season two of Sober Exposure, I guess. I don't really count seasons like a lot of podcasts do. I just, my mission here is just to get messages out. And if you are a previous Sober Exposure listener, you're going to notice that we're going to be touching upon things a little differently this season. Um, so as everybody knows, I had kind of a, a rough year. Uh, I relapsed last year, actually, and I just couldn't get myself back. I couldn't. And usually my relapses entail like, you know, severe, severe insanity, like I'm in jail the next day. This time it was Kratom. So I was a functioning addict, but it made me freaking crazy. And we're going to have a whole episode on Kratom. But the bottom line is um, I got real sick. And because of the stigma, I knew there was a solution, but because I was involved in um, some 12 step programs that don't exactly agree with this sort of method, I was very confused and I didn't know what to do. Finally, I had to say, screw it. I'm going to do what's going to keep me alive because I would have died, you know? So I have a million other stories too about this, but so I want to talk about medicated assisted treatment, medication assisted treatment, Matt. I was gonna say, today we're gonna talk about Matt. No, not my ex-boyfriend, but anyway. So without further ado, I found these people. I found Christine and Emily, who's here, who's the clinical director, I believe, of Ophelia. And what Ophelia does is help give hope and answers to opiate users that can't stop. So without further ado, welcome Christine and Emily, and let's go. Let's spread the good word. Let's spread the gospel. And yes, I'm going to say it. We're talking about Suboxone. So, all right, you guys. Um, Suboxone has such a stigma around it. And let's begin with what is Suboxone exactly? I guess, Emily, you could start there, or either one. I don't care. <laughs> we'll take turns. Well, Christine, I saw you looked like you were about to say something, so I'm happy to no, I was just going to say that Suboxone is buprenorphine and it's, it's an, uh, it, it, it takes the place on the opioid receptors in your brain that heroin or pills, any opiates would take. So it's, it's another medication that patients take to stop the cravings for the substances. And will I get high? Now, meanwhile, I know I'm asking questions for, for the uh, listeners. I know the answers, obviously, yeah. because I will come out and tell everybody that I am on Suboxone. I'm proud of being on it. It's, it's helped me immensely. And it's done, it, it actually has some other good side effects that we'll touch on in a bit. But so yeah. it is an opiate. So we're using an opiate to treat another opiate. So how is that helpful? Well, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions about Suboxone or buprenorphine. And it, it's helpful because it, uh, many levels. But for right now, if a patient is um, taking heroin, doing heroin, smoking it or injecting it, the heroin that's on the street today will kill you. Will kill you. Yeah. I mean, 
that's just where we stand today. Prior to that, you know, it's a safe alternative for people to stop the cravings. It doesn't stop everything. It's not a magic medication, but it's a medication that stops the cravings by sitting on those receptors. And then the other part of it is triggers. You know, people are going to have triggers of using. So that's where we recommend counseling, AA, support groups, um, any kind of sober uh, support to help with that. Okay. And we're going to get into that in a second because there's a problem when you say that, because I want to go to AA and AA is all based about, you know, around honesty. So I have to be honest and I'm not going to go into an AA meeting and lie, you know, but yeah, uh, they don't take too well to Suboxone. And it's really a shame, you know, because I know a million circumstances where if only they would have gotten to, you know, medication assisted treatment, these people would probably still be alive. So Emily, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, so I'm very happy to be here with you. I am Ophelia's VP of clinical operations. So I help build out the clinical team that we have that provides services to patients um, in all of the states that we operate in Mm -hmm. and basically help make sure that we create a remote telehealth clinic that is non-stigmatizing, that is safe and open for patients, and that is run with really, really high clinical care that's based on evidence-based treatment. Okay. And I don't want to sound like an infomercial because a lot of times, sometimes, you know, podcasts can sound like infomercials, but you know, I'm doing this from personal experience. Um, when you say from a non-judgmental place, you guys aren't kidding because when I found Ophelia, I was, so I I don't think I'm going to get into the whole story, but I was being prescribed Suboxone from another place. Um, the, doctor there decided that she didn't like one of the other medications I was on, even though there were no indications that it can't mix with Suboxone. It was just, you take this medication and go to AA or nothing. And I said, well, I'm not going to stop taking this other medication that I've been on for years. There's no, you know, there's no reason there's many people. She wouldn't. So she kicked me out of her office basically and left me to die, <laughs> literally, you know, because I, I didn't get my Suboxone. And I knew that if I didn't have it in two days, I was going to start experiencing withdrawals. So I, I just Googled, where could I find Suboxone? And thank goodness I found you guys, you know, because it's not easy and there is so much stigma. And then if you have a question, the great thing about you guys too, is that if I had a question or if I'm having uh, side effects or something, you are there 20... 20- I could text them and they text back. You guys would text back. Yep. We have, you know, we have a really comprehensive team um, because as Christine was sort of saying earlier, we understand that one single medication does not solve everything. You need additional support that comes from our care coordinators, that comes from our support clinical staff so that you can answer questions about you know, whether or not there are going to be issues with other medications that you take, or if you have concerns about symptoms or withdrawal or craving. Anything. Emily, let me tell you what happened to me was, so I, I go to you guys finally fear, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to have my Suboxone. And it's not even only the withdrawals. I, it, t- it, t- it completely takes my cravings away. 
And we'll talk about that, not just for drugs, but also for alcohol. And it, it's helped with my depression. It's also helped with my ADHD. I, I swear, I'm not, I'm not kidding. So I go to fill my prescription for Suboxone and it's hard to find. So it was already after hours. The place that it was pers- that you guys prescribed it, my my Publix didn't have it, and it was after hours. I'm panicking. I'm like, I need my damn medication. You know, <laughs> listen, I'm an addict. I want my freaking medication, and uh, even if it's therapy, you know, medication. So I t- I texted you guys thinking I was going to get an auto response, and I got a response right away. Called the medication in to another pharmacy, and we were good. And th- and that that is. That statement alone is just unheard of. You you can't call a place where you're prescribed medication after hours and have them take care of it. I think for us, one of the biggest goals that we have is to increase access to MAT, right? We know that this is really the only proven approach to managing uh, opioid use disorder. And we want to increase access geographically, right? So we are a fully remote clinic, which means that we can support patients that live in counties that don't have a single provider that is able to prescribe buprenorphine. But then we also want to increase access by being available when you need it. And we know that if you have an opiate use disorder that you're trying to manage, you're not just managing it Monday through Friday, nine to five. Mm. You're also managing it in the morning when you wake up and at night before you go to sleep and on Saturdays and Sundays. And so we are open seven days a week because you need seven day a week support. And we know that because we understand our patients. So for Suboxone to work effectively. Do you believe that also there has to be uh, a component of working on yourself and therapy and all of that as well outside therapy? You can't just take the Suboxone like you said and just expect, right? Yeah, the way I think about it, and then Christine, I realize you should, you probably have a more. Okay. Yeah, Cause I was going to say, my problem is I, 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 I can't go to a 12 step program because they won't let me in. Well, they'll let me in. They will take that back. They'll let I have a in. lot of patients that will not disclose that. And that makes me sad. They'll say, you know, I've been going to AA for years, but I keep relapsing. So I'm on Suboxone and I just sit there and I don't disclose that. Um, I can't so there's do a lot of. I know there's a lot of secrecy around it and shame and stigma. And it reminds me years ago when depression and anxiety were just, you know, being discovered and people are, wouldn't say they were on an antidepressant because then you're crazy. You know, mm. that's what is going on right now, I think, with MAT. And I think more education like you're providing us today, a forum to talk about it will help, you know, hopefully at a faster rate. But so we do we do. I'm a big proponent of counseling or a support. I have a patient that has a uncle that's been um, in recovery for 40 years and that's her go-to guy. And that's great. You know, a lot of people don't have that, but I do. I recommend either NAAA if they can. There are also a lot of programs that are just tailored to people that are doing medical assisted treatment. Um, Just Google Suboxone support group. And a lot of groups will come up, especially online, which is so important because I'm stigmatized. I, I am just when I go to the pharmacy. Yeah. And I pick up my Suboxone. I, I don't think I'm imagining it. I kind of, I, I feel like the, the pharmacists are judging you. I just feel like you're being judged, you know? And I don't know what's, what's worse, me being on the street, um, playing with fire with the potential of, of, of 
fentanyl, plus putting myself in danger because where you have to go to get these drugs or get it prescribed by wonderful people like you that are going to support me, lift me up, um, encourage me to go deep with therapy. And it's curbed my cravings. So when you're just getting sober, your brain is so mushed. That's one of the reasons why I personally would keep going back to relapsing because my, I, I, how am I supposed to absorb all the therapy and get all that in when my mind is still in turmoil from, from my drug use, right? So this gives my brain an opportunity to heal and, and then we can taper it down, which I wanna ask you about the taper. So am I gonna be on Suboxone the rest of my life? No, so I have patients um, sometimes, I know we talked about it early about taper. I have patients that talk about it the first visit, like, well, let me get on this and get off. And I am 100% behind tapering when it's appropriate and when the support is in place. We don't wanna taper if the same triggers and stressors are around you that you had prior to being on Suboxone or maybe you haven't developed coping skills yet to deal with those. We want that. We want, we want the best possible you in the best possible place when we start a taper. And then we go slow. Mm-hmm. We go slow, methodically, keep the, the lines of communication open. Um, I'm all for tapering. I, I really do um, go by what the patient wants when they, you know, we, that's our goals to be a partner with you and individualized care. You know, some people know they're going to, I just don't want to ever go off it. Well, we'll still talk about it, but you know, it is an individual thing. Listen, I, it's a safety net for me and people, oh, it's a crutch. I don't care. I'll take every crutch I can get when we, when we're we're playing with my life here, my life, I don't give a shit if it's a crutch. If I break my leg, I'm going to use crutches, right? Yeah, I actually, I think that's, I think that's a really good analogy. And we often um, draw the analogy to diabetes and we'll say, you know, that the ways to manage your diabetes are not singular, right? So insulin is an important medication to keep you stable. And then there are also important behavior modifications. So being cautious about what you're eating and making sure to eat healthy, making sure to exercise and um, those work in tandem, right? You don't have to choose one or the other. And so the same way we don't stigmatize insulin, it's really similar. So we want our patients to work on some of the behavior modification, to get a support system in place, to, you know, really work through some important, you know, uh, therapy and mental health work. But at the same time, the buprenorphine is there to complement that. And they Mm -hmm. really work very well together. And I think that's a big part of decreasing that stigma is to not make people choose to say, well, I either have to do it this way or I have to do it that way. But if you're a diabetic, you want to do both. And that's exactly what we want patients to do as well so that they can have a really holistic and and comprehensive approach to being able to manage their OED. Okay, so- And an individualized approach. Exactly, right. No snowflake is alike, like they say. You know, Um, this is is not a cookie cutter uh, disease. But, But the public that really is uneducated does lump everyone in one bin. One category, right? One category. You know, there was that with with Suboxone as well, because I think, and it makes sense. You know, a person who's living their life doesn't understand the like pharmacokinetics about these medications, nor should they. Who knows that, right? 
But I think that's part of what's important for us to explain is, you know, even understanding what buprenorphine is, right? The fact that it's a partial opioid agonist, it's not the same as a full opioid. It has a ceiling effect, so you can't get that euphoria. So once you start to actually learn about it, you realize that this is not an exchange. This is not trading one for yeah, the other. Yeah, I am not getting high off my Suboxone. Yeah. I mean, you know, I yeah. had a situation, yeah, it's, it's, I am experiencing, like what I'm experiencing right now is just unbelievable how it's almost like it was impossible for me to get Suboxone. You know, and, and when I came out of treatment, I was on Suboxone. Um, that's where I was introduced to it. And they just kind of say, okay, now you're done. Bye. You're out, you're out, you're out of detox. Now you're done. You know, and um Christina was interesting because you had said that it it felt to you like nobody in Florida really uh knew about Suboxone. I have a I have um a mother friend that's in Utah. I call her mother friend because she's my son's friend's mother. And the son, my, my son's friend, passed away of an opiate overdose. But this woman said she would have killed for one person to have recommended Suboxone because her son would be alive today if he was on Suboxone. And she said, I just never knew about it. Nobody, nobody even suggested such a thing. I had no idea that something existed of that sort. So we, we need to make sure that that never happens again, right? And that's why it's so great that you're having us on um, so that we can get that word out because it's only by education, right? Everything, but it's only by education that, you know, people will understand people understand when it's in their family and then, it, you know, it ha something happens and they're like, wow, you know, I didn't realize that or whatever, but we want to stop it before it gets to that point. And this is an option and this works and it's, it saves lives. It works. Yeah. And I'm telling I'm experiencing some just extra benefits because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I find maybe it's a placebo, but I find that it's really helping me along with my ADHD too. I don't know. Maybe it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what, Jennifer, when you're, you know, in that state of, of like, you know, trying to figure out where you're going to get your Suboxone, that dominates your day. My patients tell me I wake up in the morning. That's all I think about. Where am I going to get this, this, and this, when that's removed, you know, then you have, you can have clear thinking on your own because those, yeah. those things are put to the side. Yeah. So that could be the reason that you're part of it, that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, there's two medications in Suboxone, right? There's the naltrexone, right? Okay. Naloxone. It's naloxone. Naltrexone is something else. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's the Vivitrol that you Vivitrol. About. Yeah. I want to talk about that too. So we're going to have a show next week. Actually, I have somebody that's um, on the, uh, so, so what is the one that begins with the end that I can never pronounce that has to do with cravings, right? The naloxone, the naloxone side of Suboxone. It's Narcan actually. Narcan. Yeah. It's the same medication that Narcan is. Now that takes cravings away. Do you want to do Emily? Do you want to? Sure. So that is, some people know it as like the opioid reverse, uh, overdose reversal agent. So if somebody is having an overdose, you can give them naloxone or Narcan and it will actually 
bind to the opioid receptor, push the opioid out, and basically bring somebody back from. An well, yeah, it happened to me. I mean, I'm 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 a victim of um, an overdose, so. So it's it's a really important medication for people to have, and for anybody who is this is the naloxone plug for anybody yeah. who's using or who's with people that are using. Everyone should have it. I have it in my purse, and I bring it out with me. It's just an important thing to have. Yeah. To yes. The, we call it Narcan and yeah. people are probably like, so there's some people out there that are like, what, what are they talking about? Narcan is a, a nasal spray. I believe it's a nasal spray. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is overdosing, you uh, administer the medication and the person pops out of it. Like a hundred, I think it's a hundred, not a hundred percent. It can't be a hundred percent, but, yeah, but it's, it, it, it's, 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 um, it's proven to be incredibly effective at being able to reverse an overdose. It doesn't so, last forever. There's still other work that you need to do to make sure somebody is safe, but it will, you know, keep them alive. Person out. And so the reason why it's in buprenorphine um, is essentially to work as a deterrent for diversion and for misuse, right? So it would put somebody into precipitated withdrawal if they're using it when they're actively using other medications. So oh, it's there it. sort of as a protective agent mm -hmm. uh, to make that medication sort of more well-rounded. So it's so important to have Narcan if you have anybody in your life that's using drugs, opiates. Uh, this is not gonna work for cocaine. It's not gonna work for, you know, for uh, crystal meth, it's, it's opiates only. But like, where can we get this stuff? Cause it's saved my life. Yeah. So providers can prescribe it. A lot of pharmacies will distribute it and furnish it to patients who ask at the pharmacy if they can access it. And then a lot of community-based programs will give it out for free as well. Give it out for free, man. Yeah. There are also if a bunch of like mail order sites where you can get it from. Um, so Next Distro distributes in Florida, bunch of places, but it's, um, you know, we encourage a lot of primary care providers, anytime they're writing an opioid prescription to write mm. a prescription for Narcan as well, just so it's a package, basically like your, you know, fire extinguisher, you hope mm. you don't ever have to use it, but it's there in case you do. I had an elder, I had a patient whose elderly mom had surgery last week and the doctor sent home Narcan with her, with her pain pills, which was surgeons. They don't, Brilliant. I wouldn't Brilliant. even That's a smart doctor. They get, yeah. I think they get seven days in medical school about addiction or something yeah. like that. A very low number. That's a, that's a smart doctor. Everyone needs to have this in their home. It is, it's so important. And if you don't know how, if you want to know where you can get it, Jen at soberexposure.show, I will make sure you get your Narcan. <laughs> Woo, you guys, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I can't even extend my gratitude enough to Ophelia and how you've saved me and how many people you're saving. And like I said, um, my son's friend, his mother wishes she knew about this and I'm going to have her on the show too. So she's going to discuss, uh, the, the, the uglies of the uglies of overdose. And that's going to be know, in a few weeks. You mentioned, um, how limited the education is for providers around addiction. Seven hours. I think you said that would be great. Many don't get that. They're starting to build that into programs. But part of why your mother friend probably hadn't heard of this at all is because a lot of providers aren't properly educated on it. And that's a really powerful thing. If we're talking about a silver lining of COVID, the fact that we now have more access to remote care and telehealth providers means that 
you can live in an area that doesn't have a provider that knows about this, but you can still learn about it and you can, you can seek it out. You seek it out, right? There's, there's no reason why, um, you, you, you shouldn't be able to get this extremely beneficial medication. So I, I probably just totally pissed off so many people right now mm -hmm. with this episode and I, I'm going to lose a lot of viewers. I am, but this is where I am at. And this is, this is what we're going to do. All right. Because I hope I'm that doesn't happen, well. but I just ask people to have an open mind. Not every way works for every person. That's and correct. The end of the, at the end of the day, we want that person here. So we need to find other ways. And there isn't always, you know, again, I go back to the individualized care. There isn't always, I've heard so many stories and so many people doing so many different things and that's great, but not everything works for everyone. Not a one size fits all. Right. And your viewers will know that because surely they've tried something that hasn't worked for them. That's the nature of what addiction is like. And so, you know, that experience is helpful, hopefully to say, oh yeah, well, this didn't work for me this did and somebody else is going to have that experience and medication assisted treatment is going to be that answer for some people along with the other work that they're doing yeah i mean it, it, i've been looking for something to curb my cravings since 1986 <laughs> and i finally like the other day I, I i was out and i was in a bar and i was like i don't even want to drink i have no like i don't know it just my whole demeanor is seems to be just more balanced so um, if anybody wants some more information on Ophelia, how can they reach you? Ophelia.com. Yeah. Simple. Easy. We've got a phone number on our website. As you said, we've got our lines covered. You can text us. You can call us. Yeah. Somebody's there seven days a week. And we can also just answer questions. Like people are curious, want to learn more, don't feel like they have enough information we can we can answer those questions as well and just give people more education and insurance Beautiful questions stuff, too you know people um when they do suboxone and pay out of pocket or see whatever it's it's exorbitant and so they you know there's there's questions they can ask about insurance and coverage and and all those things you guys are so awesome you're helping so many people saving lives i'm gonna have you back on too i want i want i would like in a perfect world for us to all get together maybe every six weeks yeah. Just remind people, knock, knock, you know, <laughs> there's another solution for you. So <laughs> thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. And I'm Jennifer Wild. This is Sober Exposure. See you next week. Need more? Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast.